Well, it's good to be in God's house this morning. It's good to have each and every one of you, and I'm so excited. I always get excited after our time of singing. I don't know about you, but there's something about singing, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in the message, but there's just something that gets you prepared uh, to not only study God's Word, but it just gets you in a different kind of mindset and a different kind of mood, and, uh, and, and, and singing is just so important. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning, but if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to Luke chapter number 2. Luke chapter number 2. And this month, we've been talking about celebrating Christmas. It is the Christmas season. It is a time in which as, uh, as Americans, as, as, as people, we begin to celebrate uh, so many different things during this season. But really, there's one main celebration that we ought to be celebrating and one main person that we ought to be celebrating. And it's not the guy in the red suit. All right? Unless Jesus puts a red suit on, we're not celebrating Santa Claus we're celebrating Jesus, and we've been learning about who it is that we celebrate in Christmas. We learn about what we celebrate in Christmas. We learn that we celebrate God's greatness and God's goodness, God's guarantees. We celebrate the, the love of God. The, the, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We, we, we celebrate the fact that God incarnate came, Emmanuel, God with us. That's exactly what we celebrate. But this morning, we want to ask ourselves, now, we know what we celebrate, and we're learning who we celebrate, but how do we celebrate? Let me ask you this morning, how do you celebrate Christmas? Just think about it this morning, because we're going to answer that question, but if you had to, how, how do you celebrate? Now, there's a, a lot of ways that we can answer how we celebrate Christmas, right? I mean... Uh, if, if your home is anything like my home, you, you put a tree up and you put lights up and uh, you put, you know, music on the uh, speakers and, and uh, you start making uh, popcorn to string it up and uh, you, you do all kinds of things when you begin to celebrate Christmas. That's just part of how we celebrate Christmas. But what would the Bible say when it comes to that? Of course, in Bible times, when Jesus was born, I don't think they were putting Christmas trees up. They actually didn't have lights to put up. I mean, electricity wasn't going to be around for a few hundred more years or so, at least a millennia. And, uh, and so you, you, you've got this uh, question of, well, I know how we celebrate today Christmas, but how did they celebrate Christmas? That real first Christmas of Jesus coming, how, how was it? celebrated. Well, this morning we want to kind of answer that question. How do we celebrate? Because if you're not careful, Christmas can become more about us than about him, right? We've talked about that last week, how, how Christmas can really turn into more of what it is that I want, the gifts that I'm going to get, you know, what, what is Santa Claus going to get me this year, or to be more accurate, what, you know, my wife or my mom or my dad, or what are they going to get me this year? We can make it all about really us. But Christmas isn't really about us. It's not a, a celebration of me and you. It's a celebration of someone greater than us. And so that's why we have to ask ourselves, how do we celebrate? Now, asking how is a rather important question right? Um, now, I'm not saying that the other two questions that we've answered so far are not important. We've seen how important they are, but, 
But asking how is really an important question because so many times in life, if you're not careful, you don't ask yourself how. You don't spend time thinking of saying, well, how am I going to do this? And when you don't do that, it, could, it can bring some pretty disastrous consequences. It really can. I, I was um, scouring the internet uh, earlier this week, and, and here's just some of the pictures that I found of people that I think probably didn't ask themselves how. Now, the first one, I'm assuming they asked themselves how. They just uh, probably didn't really see exactly where the uh, stop was. But, you know, you see a drive-through. It doesn't literally mean you're going to drive through. That's not how, you, how it works, right? You don't, you don't drive through the building, but in this case, they drove right through. If you don't ask yourself how, sometimes you can get to the wrong conclusion. I mean, you, you go to school, and, and some of you kids, you, you know what I'm talking about. Those that are in high school or, or elementary, uh, you know you can have a question like, find the difference between eight and six. And the answer, eight is a little curly, six is not. That's not quite what, uh, what they're asking. It's not how it works. Or, or you might even uh, come to uh, maybe doing a wrong action. You know, maybe you, you walk into a store, you see this sign, it says toss pillows, and you think, oh, I got to pick up pillows and start throwing them around in the stores. That's not what toss pillows is talking about. That's not how, how you're supposed to do in that department. Or maybe sometimes if you're not careful, you can uh, get to the wrong answer. Uh, it's very funny, this, this little uh, homework, it said quadrilateral uh, perimeter. It says, name the quadrilateral, I think, or name the thing. And he put Bob and Sam and Kate and Harry. That's, that's not how it works, right? That's, that's, you know, we look at these illustrations, we all laugh because we know, you know, that that's, that's just not how. It's pretty clear. But you know, I'm afraid that sometimes we get to the Christmas season and we can do exactly what we've been laughing about. Uh, we don't think about really how, we just kind of start thinking, well, it's Christmas season, this is how we do it, and this is what we do. And, and the problem is, it really takes away from the celebration. Now, Christmas trees are fun, and Christmas gifts are fun, and Christmas carols are fun, but there's something even more fun than that. There's, there's something even more important than all of that. Christmas, we, we say, well, it's a time to come together as families. It's a time for unity, and it, it should bring everyone together. But you know, Christmas is more than that. So then, if it is, well, then how do we celebrate it? Well, I just want to give you three quick thoughts on how on this first Christmas they celebrated. And they didn't do it with lights, and they didn't do it with trees, and they didn't do it with gifts, but they did it in a way that I think brought them joy a greater joy than lights ever could. And I think if we can begin to celebrate Christmas this way, you'll find that you'll have the best Christmas you've ever had in your life. I want you to notice, first of all, how they celebrated in Luke chapter number two. Luke chapter number two is a story that talks about that night, that night that Jesus was born, that night that Mary and Joseph found themselves uh, with no place to stay, no place open, no place available. And an innkeeper said, well, I, I have a, a stable that, that you can stay in. I have no room at the end, but there's, there's a stable here that you could stay at. And they went to that stable and there in a stable, the most humble of places, God incarnate was born. 
One of the things that you find on how they celebrated that night was a time of singing. You see, shortly after that or shortly before, really the story doesn't tell exactly when, but there was shepherds that were in a field not far away watching their sheep that night. And the Bible says, an angel of the Lord came and appeared to them and shared with them glad tidings of great joy that shall be to all people. Lotus there in Luke chapter uh, number two, and you'll, you'll find it there uh, in your notes, Luke chapter two and, and verse number 13 and, and verse number 14, as the angel gives them the message in verse 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there is with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. Notice that the host came. They were praising God, saying glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. You know that one of the greatest ways to celebrate Christmas is to take time to sing. Just taking time to sing. You know what I love about singing? It's that singing really doesn't depend on your gifts, even though some are more gifted to sing than others. It doesn't really depend upon your abilities, even though some of us are blessed with more abilities than others. All it really takes is someone that has a heart and is willing to sing. That's all it takes. And if you're really going to celebrate Christmas in a way that's going to honor God, in a way that is going to bring you joy, then you're going to have to take time to sing. You see, singing has a lot of purposes. And we've talked about it in our worship times, the different purposes of, of singing. But I want you to notice here that singing created a joyous atmosphere. Uh, the, the angels were singing and praising God out of joy. They said, I, I want to give you great tidings of, uh, glad tidings of great joy. Uh, they wanted to, to communicate to these shepherds, listen, there's a celebration tonight and it's going to be awesome. And as soon as they told them who they're celebrating, they broke out into singing. Why? Because singing brings a joyous atmosphere. You know, all throughout history, singing has been a form of communication that transmit a, a kind of mood and, and, a, and a sentiment. And it's amazing. Uh, even outside of Christian circles, you'll find that music is important. Music is important to all kinds of people, to all of mankind. And that's why it doesn't really matter what event in your life, you'll, you'll find in most of the events, if not in all the events, they're singing, right? I mean, when it comes time for your birthday, they sing. When it comes time to, um, to, 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 um, to take time not only on birthdays, but on announcements, on weddings, right? You have these weddings and these two people come and they're, they're giving their life one to another and they're committing to one another. And in that ceremony, there's usually a time of singing. I mean, even in funerals, we take time to sing. Why? Because singing does something. It, it, it communicates. It's more than just words that you say, right? There's, there's a melody behind that. It helps you to remember uh, the words and, and remember thoughts and truths. And, and we've, we use singing so much in our life. We find that in this first Christmas, the singing was used to create this joyous occasion, I love what Psalm chapter 150, verse number six says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. Why does the psalmist say that? 
to celebrate God. You see, part of celebrating who he is and part of celebrating what we are celebrating is taking time to sing about it. Taking time to sing about it. You know, when we sing during Christmas, we bring an excitement and a joy that goes with the occasion. It, it stirs our, our hearts out of a, of a complacent and a dead mood. And it, and it brings us into an expecta- uh, expectation, a, a festive mood. Right? It brings us into something like, man, we, we get excited about this. That's why, that's why you, you don't really sing, and it's hard. And some have, have done it, I don't know how successfully, but sometimes people can sing like, Hark the herald angels sing. Like, like they're really depressed. But it's hard to sing that song really depressed, ain't it? I mean, you sing it like, Hark the herald angels sing. I mean, we sing it happily. Why? Because it's joyous. Singing brings this joyous atmosphere. And if you're going to celebrate Christmas, let me, let me encourage you to sing, singing, singing to God. Listen, after all, he is the reason for the season. So we sing about him and we bring joy into our hearts when we do that. But you know, singing not only creates a joyous atmosphere, but I have found that singing also glorifies God. All throughout Scripture, you'll find that singing is always connected with glorifying God. It's a way in which God is lifted up high. Singing moves our hearts and minds to think about God and His character. Singing recounts the acts of God. It recounts the person of God. It reminds us of the love of God. It tells us of the greatness of God and the power of God. It ascribes to him the worthiness of who he is. You see, singing is more than just words. It's more than just melodies. It's a form in which we glorify God. Celebrating Christmas, I'm telling you, it's more than just us. In fact, it's not really about us. It's about him. It's more than just singing about Christmas carols as a family and gathering around a tree. It's more about singing to Him, to glorify Him. That's why Psalm chapter 150, look at verse 1 and verse 2 there in your notes. It says, praise you the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. I mean, singing does all of that. That's why it's so important that we take time to sing when we celebrate Christmas. It's not something that's only done in church, though we do it every week here at church. We always take time to worship and sing together. We sing corporately because we all want to glorify God together. That's why we're here. We all want to worship Him together. That's why we're here. But you know, this isn't the only place that you can worship God. You can worship God at home, and you can worship God at work, and you can worship God anywhere on this earth because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I mean, listen, anywhere you find yourself, you can praise God. No matter what celebration or party that you're at during this Christmas season, you can sing. No matter what family get-together you have, even you say, well, we, we don't have a lot of great voices in our family. That's okay. Singing doesn't require great voices. It just requires a willing heart. 
It requires someone that says, I want to celebrate with joy this thing we call Christmas. And I I also want to glorify God as we celebrate him. Good. Sing. Because that's what singing does. That's what music does. You know, uh, the great composer, uh, Johann Sebastian Bach, said this. He said, all music should have no other end and aim than the glory of God and the soul's refreshment. Where this is not remembered, there is no real music, but only a devilish hubbub. Now, I have found that to be true. Let me just say, Christmas carols without Christ isn't celebrating Christmas. It's, it's all, I'm telling you, about Him this morning. It's all about singing to Him. How do we celebrate? By singing. By singing to Him. But not only do we celebrate by singing to God, we can also celebrate Christmas by giving. It's a time of giving. You see, when we give, we worship. Now, you'll see this throughout the Bible. You can study. Start from Genesis and end in Revelation, and you'll find wherever there is worship found, there's giving. There's sacrifice. There's always there giving Giving, giving, giving. Whether it was giving an animal for the covering of your sin in the Old Testament. Or whether it was giving an offering because you were thankful of what God had given you. It was always a form of giving when you were worshiping. Do you know, I don't believe that Christmas is the exception in celebrating that way. I don't think that we ought to celebrate Christmas by not giving. In fact, usually this is a time in which everyone gives, right? Even those that don't attend church, even those that don't believe the Bible know, well, Christmas is a time of giving. The problem is they just don't know why it's a time of giving. And that's why you share the gospel message. That's why you share to them about Jesus coming to theirs, because that's why we give in Christmas. Because you see, there was a gift given to us. Part of celebrating this thing we call Christmas is taking time to give. And it's so important to give. It's so important because you see, giving reveals our hearts. Did you know that? It reveals your heart. Giving is not a matter of means as much as a matter of meaning. When something is meaningful to us, then we always find the means for it, don't we? As busy as our schedules may be, as hard as work to us, and it requires time, we take time. And if it requires money, we save money to to get it because of what it means. It's amazing how much giving reveals our heart. Whether that giving requires money or time or energy or you name it. As long as it's meaningful to us, we find the means. Because giving, giving is not so much a have issue as much as a heart issue. You see, if you have a heart to give, you'll have something to give. Like that story of the little boy when the offering plate was coming by and he had no money to give and he had nothing, nothing that he could throw in that offering plate. He simply got it, put it on the floor, And stepped in it. And said, God, I give you myself. All I am. 
You see, it just requires a heart when it comes to giving. Giving is something that each and every one of us can. Christmas is a time reveal our hearts for God. Hearts for others. That's why we take time to give, not only in church and to the necessities of church, God's house, but even to people that we love, people that we, we consider dear to us. Why? Because giving reveals our heart. In fact, in Matthew chapter number six, we find that Jesus said this, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. There will your heart be also. Giving, giving reveals our heart, but it also say his goodness. Did you know that not only will what you give reveal what's in here, but it also reflects who you're following? You know, our giving says much about our God as it does about us. It can say to others just how good God has been to us. So our giving can do that. Yes, your giving to God will reflect His goodness. You know, when we miss out on this celebration of giving, then others can come to the conclusion that perhaps there's not a whole lot to celebrate. Perhaps this God that you say you follow and you serve really is. Maybe he isn't as important as you say he is. Or you can celebrate by giving and showing others. You know, the God that I serve, you know, the Savior that I follow, he's amazing. He's wonderful. He's incredible. He's indescribable. He's supernatural. He's, he's powerful. He's lovable. He's my God. He's my my Savior. I'm simply saying this morning, if you really want to know how to celebrate Christmas, then take a time to sing to God. Take time to give to God. Take time to give to God. You know, in First Chronicles chapter 29, I won't take time to read the whole chapter there, but there's the story of King David when he's near the end of his reign. God had laid it on his heart that he wanted to build a temple for God. And God said, well, you're a man of war and I'm not sure I want you to be the one. You have a lot of blood on your hands, but I'll allow your son Solomon to build the temple. And so David said, well, if my son's going to do it, can I at least start gathering everything that he'll need? And there in that chapter, in chapter 29 of 1 Chronicles, it talks about how much David began to save. He began to save the wood, and he began to save the gold that was going to be used, and he began to save uh, uh, all of the silver and, and everything that was going to be used in this temple to be built. And it's amazing that he didn't give of the cheapest of what he had. He gave of the most expensive of what he had. In fact, David alone gave 3,000 talents of gold, the Bible says. The whole country gave 5,000. David gave 3,000. He said, listen, I, I just want to give all I can. I, I want people to understand that God's house is not like my house. It's greater than my house. It's supposed to be better than any other place. It's, it, it's reflecting who he is. Uh, 
You know, that temple was covered in gold. It was an amazing building, an amazing edifice. I mean, they, they said that when they built the second temple after that temple got destroyed, that the people began to weep. those that were old enough that had seen the first temple, and they, they began to weep thinking, this second temple, man, it doesn't even come close to comparing to that first temple. And the reason that they did that was just simply, I, I just want to reflect how good and how amazing, how awesome God is. That's why in verse number 11, it's there in your notes, he says, thine O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. You know that King David and the people with him, they wanted this to come out in their giving. They wanted this to be the the main thing about giving. Listen, it just reflects who God is. It reveals what I have in here, but it reflects who he is and what he has done for me. I'm telling you, you want to celebrate Christmas? You, you really want to know, how did they celebrate Christmas? They, they celebrated by giving. Look at Matthew chapter 2. There it's in your, in your notes on that first page. Matthew uh, chapter number 2. And the story of those three wise men, the Magi, they, many believe that they were probably kings of the east. And when they came and they saw the child, In verse number 11, and when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. What were were they trying to do? They were trying to celebrate. They were trying to give and say, this is a time to give, not a time to get. Not a time to see what's in it for me. No. It was a time to say, I want the world to know how good God is. I want my gifts to reflect just how great he is. They were saying, in essence, what 1 Chronicles 29 11 was saying. Thine, O Lord, is the glory, the power, and the greatness. I mean, this is what we want to reflect as God. How do we celebrate Christmas? By taking time to sing. By taking time to give. Let me give you one final thought. We can celebrate Christmas by taking time to share. You know, nothing identifies more with God than this of sharing. You know that God shared His only begotten Son with us. God shared with us eternal life. He shared with us His Holy Spirit. He shared with us His home called heaven. God over and over and over is a God that shares. So when we celebrate Him, it's a time for sharing. It's a time for sharing. It's a time to impart God's blessings. Time to impart God's blessings. You see... If you read in Luke chapter 2, those shepherds, once they, they heard that wonderful choir of angels singing about the glad tidings, once the atmosphere was changed, suddenly you find them going. And, and notice what it says. Look, go back to Luke chapter 2. Notice what it says there in Luke chapter 2. In verse number 17, it says, and when they had seen it, 
they made known abroad this saying which was told them concerning this child. The shepherds couldn't stay quiet. They couldn't keep it to themselves. They began to share. I want to I share the blessing of God. We were just told, listen, the Savior is born. Peace on earth. Peace incarnate is here. They had to go and share that with others. They understood, listen, you can't receive a gift like that and not share it. There's a story in the, in the Old Testament in, in 2 Kings. In a time in the history of Israel where they were, they were under attack and it was so bad they were under siege by their enemies, the Syrians, that they literally had cut off everything to the city. And so the people couldn't go out into the fields and gather their crops and bring them back into the city because the enemy was there. And they got to a point where the hunger was so great that people literally began eating other people. In fact, there's a story of two ladies that decided, let's cook our children. We'll cook your son first, and then tomorrow we'll cook mine. It was so bad, the situation and circumstances that they were in, that they were that desperate. But there in that story, you'll read about these lepers that were outside the city. Of course, the enemy could care less about the lepers. They weren't really anyone that was too important. And that night, an angel of the Lord visited the camp of the enemy and killed the army of the enemy. And the lepers, being so desperate for hunger, said, hey, let's just go to the enemy's camp. They didn't know that they were dead. They said, let's just go to the enemy's camp. And if they feed us, great, we won't be starving. They'll be merciful and we'll have something to eat. And if they don't, they'll kill us. But hey, we're, it's better than dying slowly. I think a sword to the heart might be a lot faster than, uh, than dying of starvation. The Bible says they get there and they got to the camp. And they found that the whole army was dead. And you know what they did? It's there in your notes. It says that when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried then silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it. And then came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. They were like, this is awesome. This is talk about a party. Listen, we got all the gold we want. We got all the food we want. We got everything we want. Look at how we've been blessed. But then it hit one of them. This thought hit them and it says, and they said one to another, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now, therefore, come that we may go and tell the king's household. They say, it's not right to receive and not give. To have and not share. Do you know that Christmas is a great gift? Do you know that Jesus coming as our Savior, salvation, it's a free gift. It's not just an amazing gift, it's a free gift. And one that you and I can share with our world. You know, can I say there's really no better way to celebrate Christmas than sharing. Now I want to challenge you this Christmas, share the blessings that God has given you with others. So how do I do that? Well, listen, if, if God gave you a house, invite somebody over. 
Use that house to be a blessing to someone. That's, that's why God gave you the house. Maybe you got a new car. Hey, listen, use that blessing maybe to bring somebody to church or to take them to the store because they need to buy something or just to go out with them and spend some time. God is giving us blessings not so that we can just consume them ourselves. No. We're like those lepers. Christmas is a time where we need to stop and think. Listen, we've been blessed. Even in a year like 2020, we've been blessed. But are we sharing those blessings? You really want Christmas to be exciting? You really want to celebrate it? Then share. Share. Share the blessings that God has given you, but don't just share the blessings. Can I just say, share the message that God has given you? You see, a time of sharing must always be accompanied with his message. It is good. I mean, it's not good, I should say, to to not share. But you know that the message is something that I'm telling you. I just wonder how many times, and I've caught myself so many times in life, in my own life, like, why am I not sharing this more? Most of the time, it's because the celebration has become more about me than about him. Listen, don't let Christmas become more about you than about him. It's a time of sharing the message of God. You see this message, it's filled with hope. It's filled with joy. It's filled with peace. Let me tell you something that we need in 2020, hope and joy and peace. That's what people need. Listen, as nice as a stimulus check is, it ain't going to cover the needs of the people. I mean, let's just be honest. We got our stimulus check, what, March, April, May, or something like that? And what are the people asking for? We need another stimulus check. Why? Because that's not going to give you lasting anything. But you know that there's a message that does. There's a message that is satisfying. There's a message of peace. There's a message of hope. There's a message of joy. Jesus said it this way to a Samaritan lady that was there at a well. He said, if you drink of my water, the water that I give you, you'll never thirst again. That's the message we get to share. That's the message that we've been given this Christmas. But I wonder, will you take the challenge and celebrate it that way this year? Maybe give a track to someone that has that message. Maybe post it on your social media. Or maybe even do it the old-fashioned way, the way we used to do it in, in 2019, where you actually talk to someone, right? Talking with a stranger. And just sharing with them the message that God has given. Listen, our world needs it. Sometimes we don't even realize it. You know, I I heard a story of this little boy that was at Disneyland. And uh, he was having so much fun. If you've ever been to Disneyland, you know how much fun it is. It's the, what is it, the greatest place on earth? The happiest place on earth? I mean, that guy, this little boy was so happy. I mean, he went on the Peter Pan ride and then went on the Pinocchio ride. And, and he was going through that whole park and, and getting on rides and enjoying the shows. And, and he was so excited that he didn't realize as he was going through everything and going with the crowds that he'd gotten away from his parents. And suddenly... 
his parents realized, hey, our little boy is not here. They got so panicky and so scared. And they were wondering, where, 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 where's our child at? That they ran to the first security person that was there that they could find. And, and they, they said, could you just radio this out? And uh, we lost our little boy. And of course, the security started radioing it and started sending pictures of what the little boy was lo- looked like. And they started searching all the park. And, and sure enough, they found him at the Peter Pan ride, getting on it for the fifth time in a row. So, oh, there he is. That poor little boy, listen, he was having so much fun. He didn't even know he was lost. But the security guard found him. You know what it is to share the message of Christ? It's going to a world that's lost in some fun that the devil says, oh, this is going to be great forever, and they don't even know they're lost. But you see, God has made you and me the security guard. He's given us a message just like that parent gave a message saying, hey, my my son is lost. Can you go find him? That's the message that we're given. The message of the good news. I wonder how many today are given that message. How many of us are celebrating by sharing? I want to challenge you this Christmas. Let's share. Let's give. Let's take time to sing. Because how you celebrate Christmas will make all the difference in the world. All the difference in the world. But how about you? How are you going to celebrate this Christmas? I hope we'll celebrate it the way they did that first Christmas. Yeah, we can have the lights and the trees, and there's nothing wrong with that. But don't forget the time of singing Don't forget a time of giving, and certainly don't forget a time of sharing. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your love and care. I thank you that this morning you've you've not only given us a reason to celebrate, but your word even teaches us how we can celebrate, how we can make Christmas something we'll never forget something better than it's ever been. I pray that this morning as we think about how Christmas was celebrated that first time that you came, oh, I pray that we would apply that same truth into our lives today. Oh, that in this month, as we celebrate, that we would celebrate in a way that would honor and glorify you. That when we are asked how, how are we going to celebrate? That we would readily be able to not only answer, but to show that in what we're doing and the decisions that we're making in our lives. Oh, I pray that you would help us to celebrate. To make this Christmas like it's never been before. Help us to celebrate in a way that, Father, not only glorifies you, but in a way that will bring us joy and lasting, true happiness. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your word that teaches us what we need to know. Help us now to live out what we have heard and what we have learned today. And we ask all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.